Welcome back to The Endless Shelf. I am your host, Renata. If this is your first time listening, each week a book lover adds a kid's book they love to our shelf by telling us all about it and answering all kinds of very normal, sensible questions. Now, I know those of you who listened last week might be wondering if any of that nonsense is going to interrupt us again, but fear not, my friends. We got that sad little robot some help. I took it to meet my washing machine, and they seemed to have a great conversation that cheered the little one up. It's gone home now to the land of robot toys, and my washing machine is very proud to have helped out. So there won't be any interruptions from that little robot today, I promise. Now, let's get started by meeting this week's guest. Bethany Loveridge is an active, passionate member of the Brisbane Children's Book Writing Community. She is an active member of Write Links and Squibby as both an author and illustrator. She has some excellent writing projects in the works, and I'm sure they will fill our shelves soon. She's a teacher and creator of school curriculum resources. She is co-creator and manager of Love Oz MG, a wonderful community that focuses in on the fantastic middle grade fiction Australian authors have put into the hands of Aussie kids and all who love middle grade books. Welcome to the shelf, Betty. Oh, thanks for having me on the shelf. It's lovely in here, isn't it? <laughs> it's just—it's a bit narrow, but we'll be fine. Well, yes, yes, it is a bit of a tight squeeze, but we manage. So, what do you love about kids' books, Betty? Well, this is the endless shelf, and that is the endless question to which you could have the endless answer. So, so, so many <laughs> things. Um, but I think mostly it's the feeling that I get when I'm immersed in an adventure and thinking about the what if, like what if magic was real or what if there were other fantastical worlds hidden in this normal, sometimes hard one, yes. which probably tells you that that's the kind of genre that I'm into reading particularly as well. So a mm, bit of adventure, too. bit of magic. Oh, we are on the same page. Have you ever said hello to a Wobbegong? Uh-huh. I have not, but I would if I ever met one because sharks are awesome. Have they you? Are. Not yet, but I'm really hoping to meet one. Mm. Yeah, the next time I'm at the beach, I'm going to be on the lookout <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't know if they – are they a beach they're a ca- shark? They're a carpet sharks. So I think they stay Ooh, at the bottom. Down, down the, the bottom. bottom. Oh, okay. I'll have to go diving then. Hmm. <laughs> we'll All have right. to go diving, yes. Ooh. How and when did you come into the Kidlit community? Well, I've probably been making up stories since the 80s, but (laughs) I wrote my first full-length horrible YA manuscript in 2017, but I probably didn't start engaging with the amazing Kidlet community until I joined Bookstagram at the beginning of 2020. I was connecting with other readers before I started meeting other writers, actually. I wonder how many members of the Kidlet community have secret, terrible first drafts of something <laughs> they they will never show the world. Yeah, I, I think it might be a, a rite of passage, actually. <laughs> yeah, you got to get it out of your system. That's what they say. Get into the rhythm. Someone could still publish it. That would be fine. But I, yeah, I do actually think it's probably rather tragic. <laughs> Has the Love Oz MG project given you any new avenues of experience in the Kidlet community? 
Yeah, so you mentioned it before, but Love OzMG stands for Love Australian Middle Grade. So we were on Twitter and now Instagram, so celebrating and showcasing thriving Australian middle grade literature. So I read every night after the kids have gone to bed and I read them junior fiction and picture books at the moment. But when it's my turn and my choice, it's usually middle grade and generally Australian middle grade too. It's a great conversation starter. So I think that's probably the best part about it. Being involved has given me confidence to start those chats with lots of Australian authors and that's been really special and just other people that love OzMG. Have you made friends with lots of different writers as it's gone along? Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, I've made friends with them in the way where I say they're my friend. Do you remember that? (laughs) They might not know who I am, but I feel like I know them. Have you ever tested if the rugs in your house can fly? I haven't. There is a loose rug in the hallway that has sent me flying a few times. (gasps) No. It's probably not quite what you mean. But Ooh, were you okay? Oh, yeah. Just did a belly flop on the the hardwood floor. Oh, you didn't find any magic lamp or anything? (laughs) No. That would have been really disappointing when you just come up like hurting yourself. Yeah, injured. That's yeah. a lot worse than a lamp. Do you ever get struck with an idea for a scene in your book at strange moments? Yeah, I don't think I get into a lot of strange moments. <laughs> I think as an introvert, I try to avoid them. But I think when I'm trying to sleep is mostly when my brain starts cooking up its best ideas, which is really inconvenient. Yeah. Um, but I would just generally kind of wake up and mash my idea into a text message to myself <laughs> and then try and roll over and go back to sleep. So I'm always getting these odd indecipherable messages from Bethany Loveridge in the morning. Just kind of I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it was genius at two o'clock. It doesn't quite translate. That it'll, be, is... it'll be something so mundane and obvious that seemed really insightful at the time. That's a very, very popular answer with all the guests so far. And um, I've also found a lot of people say their ideas come to them in the bath or the shower when they can't really write it down because they're in, they're all wet and there's no paper. Well, I just I have to wonder about how long these people's showers are because, I mean, it's like there's, a, there's a purpose for a shower. So you, can, yeah. you just you kind just of like hurry up focus on the purpose. Right it, yeah. And, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Is your critique group full of super interesting and cool people, some of whom roped you into being a guest on their podcast? (laughs) It really is. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe I've wasted all those years trying to be an author without my super cool critique group, actually. Pretty special having someone kind of read over and either say this is nonsense or just be (laughs) encouraging. Both of those things are equally as helpful. So, yeah, it's really valuable. I held off. For a long time, I hesitated and was too scared to do it. But yeah, it, once you've done it, you know how valuable it is, hey? Yeah. And mm. also like the success rate coming out of our particular critique group is pretty wild, isn't it? You have to think it that is. if we just stay with it long <laughs> enough, eventually it'll be us. Yes. Have you got any special talents like a musical armpit or beatboxing? I think those things are both a bit gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I suspect I can fly. But um, I haven't nice. properly tested it yet. So Okay. All right. <laughs> it's not proven. Well, I mean, it sounds like those flights on your rug might have been at least practice runs. Oh, that's true. The yeah. takeoff. Yeah. yeah. But I need so, more open air to really test it. Okay. So maybe yeah. we take this rug to a top of a really big hill and just get a good run up and <laughs> off you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll end well. Very well. Yep. What passions of yours echo through the themes in your stories? Oh, this is a great 
and very easy to answer question. So passions of mine that echo through my writing are being kind, being creative, creative problem solving, caring for and enjoying place and natural environment, learning from history and magic. Um, yeah, I also have a passion for dragons, but I haven't actually <gasps> written a dragon yet. So That just... is excellent. If you splice rice, is it twice as nice? I'd say that depends on which rice varieties you are splicing, but I do suspect that hybrid mongrel rice is probably at least twice as nice. Excellent. Hmm. Okay, we'll have to look into that. I, I and, did actually um, not finish but began and got quite a long way through my chef's apprenticeship. So that's, really? that's a very educated answer. Yeah, really. Wow, nice. It's beyond the scope of this podcast, but yeah. Mm. Are you ready to chat about the special book you've brought with you today? Yes, please. Yay! <laughs> So what is that book? Okay, so today I am sharing book one of six of The Witching Hours. So this story is called The Vampire Knife and it's Ooh. by Australian author Jack Hanselate. Um, and there's also some great artwork throughout the book by Ryan Andrews. Excellent. We love books with a little bit of artistic inspiration. I think that always engages kids nicely and me, frankly. Yeah, I agree. And actually... It's a horror story, so I think there's it's a bit gothic and the artwork really probably lends to that feeling of being spooked too. So Nice. It's for readers 8 plus, so it's Love Oz MG. Um, Yay. And I actually picked it up because I'm obsessed with the junior fiction series Crossbones, yes. uh, which Jack makes with artist Chris Kennett. It is just literally the best thing ever. So this amazing. is not the same. <laughs> okay. Um, a different cup of tea. It is, but it's equally as cool. And you can just, I mean, Jack's just so clever. So, yeah. Excellent. Okay. And who is our main character in this one? So the story's told in third person close and focuses on Anna. Anna, okay. Yes. And who is Anna? Is she a vampire of some No, she's sort? A, just a human child. Ah, a human um, child. I like those. Yeah, they're pretty good. We can all relate to human children, probably a little bit more than vampires, or I should yeah. just say, speak for myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also there's Anna's younger brother, Max, and the series focuses on the two of them. So, wow. And then in this Anna story, there's another girl called Isabella. She's quite important to this particular book too. Okay. Where are we as we open the first pages? Okay. So honestly, we start in the most perfect place ever. Anna and Max, the siblings, they're in a car. They can't see out the windows for the dark and rainy weather and they can't see each other for the wall of pillows and luggage, which is intentional because mm. they can't stop fighting. Ah, yes. They're in a remote Transylvanian village and Anna is telling Max scary stories. And I actually really want to read you this part here. Is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. Anna, be nice, called the professor from the front seat. The professor's their dad. Why don't you read Max some of your book instead? Anna wrinkled her nose. The professor had bought her a fairy book at the airport, but it was entirely the wrong kind. The cover was a bright, glittery pink, and the fairies in the story weren't even slightly scary. The books she liked, sealed in her suitcase, buried somewhere in the great pile, were real fairy stories, the kind with witches and goblins who played dangerous tricks on unwary girls and boys. The children would usually have to win their freedom from the enchanted forest, outsmarting the fairies. Sometimes they would even take some magical treasure back with them. But the stories didn't always have happy endings. Sometimes the monsters won. 
So that's right at the beginning. Wow. And I think as a reader, you can be pretty sure that with that set up, there's some scary stuff about to go down. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Okay. And so they're traveling. They're, they're traveling. They're arriving where? Well, there's quite a few problems that they're faced Ooh. with right at the beginning of this book. Um, they get to this inn that they're staying at. Their dad, the professor, ditches them to go off and do <gasps> professory things. Anna and Max are quite sure that the innkeeper, Mrs. Dalka, is a witch. She makes this totally disgusting garlic soup and it's <laughs> and she's just nasty. And they both see this pale figure lurking outside the window with glowing eyes. So their heads are filled with the stories that Anna's been telling. They're alone in this house. They're not safe. There's quite a few problems. Wow. Okay. My goodness. And so their dad is very busy with work, I, I guess. Yeah. He's actually yeah. just kind of disappears right at the beginning and <laughs> they're just left to fend. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of very busy parents in middle grade fiction. Oh, which look, is, if they're, if they're not busy, then they're kind of missing or otherwise no longer in the picture. It's kind of mm. you got to get parents out of the way, otherwise that's like, right. <laughs> there's, there'd be no story. No. Excuse me, can I go on adventure? No, you can't. Okay. <laughs> no, you can't do your homework. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Where are we going in the next few chapters with Anna and Max? We meet Isabella. She's okay. uh, in the house or in the inn as well. And, um, oh, okay. There's quite a few questions about her character, I guess, and whether or not she's for good or for evil. <gasps> and, in fact, oh. it's quite it's quite interesting. Even the characters you kind of think, well, they're not bad, but they're not quite good either. So I think right. it keeps you on the edge of your seat all the way through. Mm, I love characters that have the shades of grey woven in where they're complex really engaging yeah well i think that makes a villain more interesting too doesn't it mm. if you kind of if they've kind of got some thing that ties them to being human or having those human-like qualities you can maybe feel empathy for them although i don't feel much empathy for the villain in this story oh okay have we met the villain yet no we haven't will met that the villain be revealed yet. okay now is Anna a very brave main character or is she a bit nervous about the whole situation? So the front of the book says be bold, be brave, be terrified and I think actually nice. the main theme of at least this book is being brave and the difference I think between feeling brave and actually doing a brave thing and that's probably a really interesting thing to contrast mm. <laughs> and the fact that Probably Anna does some things when she doesn't feel brave, but they're very brave things and very of course. Uh, grown up kinds of things too. But she's very clever because she's read so many fairy tales in her life that she's got some tricks up her coat sleeves. Oh. She knows some good things like you should never tell a fairy your real name. And so some of that stuff helps her. Okay, nice. Mm. Right. Bring us to our first meeting of this troublesome character that you are very wary of <laughs> well i don't know let me tell you that um we're not sure well we we're not sure what the villain is to start with but pretty soon we're sure that it's an undead fairy or an undead person <laughs> they're, they're vampires it's a vampire nice i think we wow. know that like the book's called the vampire knife so i think That's it's safe right. to say without any spoilers that the villain is a vampire wow okay well, something happens to Max. <gasps> so oh um, Anna is kind of more in the story. So Max has experienced this misadventure. And she doesn't know where Max has gone? 
she has a pretty good suspicion that the creepy pale figure outside of the window has taken Max. <gasps> oh, my goodness. That sounds very scary. Mm. I know. There's a bear. The bear's my favourite character. Is this bear going to be along for the journey? <laughs> well, the bear is... Well, yeah, the bear's rather terrifying. The bear's just a normal a normal bear. I mean, what a would real... you think if you were in a room and a bear was there? The bear stays around. Where is Isabella when this whole thing with the bear is taking place? Well, Isabella's not friends with Annie yet. You know, she's kind of like stranded in this strange inn with this horrible Mrs. Dalka who is actually her Isabella's grandmother. And so she lives in this existence where she's haunted by this pale figure outside the window and potentially violent bears and so she's not their friend yet she hasn't proven herself yet and so she'll come onto the scene pretty shortly nice okay mm. yeah the, the two girls are going to adventure outside the window outside outside the house rather i don't know are they, they climb out the window. they're looking for max yeah that's mm-hmm. right and so they they arm themselves with all the things that we know that we need to take if we're going to go and confront a vampire and they go off to try and find Max and there's some pretty cool references to fairy tales all the way through the story. Wow. Do we have a moment of confrontation coming? Oh, yeah. Between I mean, there's them and this... moments of confrontation. One, one is with confrontation with him too. Oh, my goodness. Mm. What, what does Anna do in that moment meeting this vampire? Oh, so when she meets the fairy and she's trying to find the vampire, the fairy's being kept imprisoned by the vampire. And she remembers those things like you're not supposed to tell your name or the purpose of your visit um, Mm -hmm. or anything that a fairy could use against you. And so she kind of uses her smarts and tricks the fairy into... Bethany? Yeah. Did did you see something just then? Something just went past me. Yeah. Yeah. Something little and white. Um, it's not a. Oh my goodness! Do you see that? A, Look! Kind of, oh, holy smokes! Is that a little bunny? I mean, this is <gasps> fine. Oh my goodness! He's got a little jacket on and everything. Well, he's oh, probably he's so cute. Not hurt you. No, that's true. I wonder where he's going. I wonder where are you going, little guy? Oh, oh. I, I think I need to follow him. I don't know where he's going and I don't want our dog to chase him. So I, um, I'm just going to be back in a minute, okay? I think this is highly back. unusual. Yeah. I'm not sure oh. if what you should do is follow a strange animal into potentially strange. So, Whoa! Yep. Cool, 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 cool. Our uh, fearless and creative host has... Um, fallen down a literal rabbit hole so yeah i guess uh this is the endless shelf with your host bethany loveridge thanks for listening as we chatted with aspiring author bethany loveridge and um i don't know if there's a patented sign off something about the shelf that goes on and on and on and on and on So see you later. Tune in next week to find out what happens when you go down a rabbit hole. But please avoid trying it for yourself, no matter how cute the bunny is. <laughs>